You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Good morning to you. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Merry everything to you. Along with Rob Parker, I'm Doug Gottlieb, and, and welcome in. Next three hours, we got you covered. Eric Mangini will join us in about mm, 25 minutes as we'll get you ready for um, a very, very interesting weekend Nash Football League. And we, we, we still don't know how of these guys, are they going to play? But, um, Rob, I think, and I don't want to say like the sports world is rocked, right? Like, John Madden honestly had been pretty much, I think, out of the minds of most NFL fans in terms of watching football for a long time, right? Um, it'd been a, it, it's, it's been a minute since he broadcast a game. That said, between the, Manning, between the Madden documentary, which came out... Um, Christmas Day. Christmas right? Day, right? And, and the fact that you know, kids still play Madden. When John Madden dies at the age of 85, it, it's one of those moments where I do think that our job and th- this is where it's it's hard to be and i've been really young in this job used when you started in this job um a long time ago i was 22 it, years old at the daily news in new york doug 1986 so i've been around for a minute right the, but the the point is it's really hard when you're young and i was i was i think i was fortunate when i was uh when I was a kid, that my dad was, whether or not his history and his recollection, remember, it's, part of it is me parroting what I heard from my dad for a long time, as well as what I read. Um, but it's, it's really hard when you're in your 20s and you're a broadcaster to give true perspective on it. Uh, I have enough perspective on Madden, and I know, and, and again, part of it is me, and you know, like my entire life, I grew up playing the video game. Matter of fact, I actually talked about it yesterday on my own show, which was... I can't I can't compete with my son right now in Madden. My son's twelve, and I he does the practice stuff some, but I play I I can't even get to halftime without wanting to shut the game off. Wow! I mean, yeah, I mean he's and that, and that I'm, much. I'm of the age where I've never played Madden ever. I've never even touched the thing. I played <laughs> my I played my I've, of the versions of it. I've played all but maybe one or two. Right wow. where there's one or two, and I used to when I first got into. First got into broadcasting. I'm in my mid twenties. I'm 26 years old, whatever. Um, I used to play it. I used to get it when it first came out. And one of the things it was good for was updating on who was where. Right. Obviously, you know all the big guys, but you got to know all the defensive players. And I would, I would, when I before I had kids, I would sit around and play video games. And one of the things I would convince myself of is if I could play every team, it would help me with my recollection of who was on what team. Right. I, I didn't like to, I didn't like to, you know, go through every roster any other way. That one just worked for me. And the last couple of years, they've had the live updating of rosters and other information, so it's it's even better. But uh, John Madden dies last night uh, at the age of eighty-five, and you and I. We had the same thought, which was, what was yours? Was that nobody really knows what a great coach he was. And, and we all know about the broadcast and the four networks. And I, I remember him with what I consider the best broadcasting team. And maybe it's just because I was a kid and more impressionable, you know. But Pat Summerall and John Madden on CBS, that to me was the standard. You know, like those two guys doing football. And obviously they moved over to Fox. And then he, he worked uh, with Al Michaels, who's a great broadcaster as well. 
but I, I always think of John Madden and Pat Summerall. But this dude was an unbelievable coach. A young coach, you know, we talk about the Sean McVays or whatever. John Madden was that guy at 32. He yep. was. And the difference is John Madden was great for his 10 years as a coach with the Raiders and won a Super Bowl, had a winning, uh, never had a losing record and made the playoffs 8 out of 10, has the highest winning percentage of any coach in NFL history that has at least 100 games coached. I mean... He was truly dynamic. And when I think about Oakland at that time, too, Doug, he was a part. You know, Oakland is now beat up and, you know, it's a, nobody talks about Oakland and they, they lost their football team. They lost their basketball twice. team. They're going to lose their right. football team twice. Exactly. They're going to lose their baseball team probably to Las Vegas as well. And now it's a wasteland. But back in the 70s when John Madden won the Super Bowl with the Raiders in 77, that was a sports mecca. The Warriors and Rick Barry won a championship in 75. The Oakland A's had a great team with Reggie Jackson and guys like that, Joe Rudy, and those guys won three World Series in a row, 72, 73, 74. Warriors won in 75, and the Raiders won in 77. So Oakland was a sports hotbed, and John Madden was a big part of that. You know, it really, though, is amazing. It's like... Madden with the video games is George Foreman with the grill. Yep. You know, where yep, that's a good you, way of looking at it. Some, something you do in terms of an endorsement that becomes so powerful, we forget about all the other stuff. And I think, obviously, Foreman coming back and being the oldest heavyweight champion, um, uh, you know, you know, reinvigorated the, oh, yeah, he was a great boxer. But in terms of the, the first version of George Foreman and he kind of totally remade himself. The, the other thing, the one thing about Madden that's different than a George Foreman is he didn't really remake himself. He was always that guy like his personality didn't change. It didn't become a TV personality. It was kind of one guy. But yes, when the I knew he was a great coach. I had forgotten it was at 32 he became a head coach right. and the and and the consistency of of complete dominance and whether or not it was a different era or how much you want to credit Al Davis or whatever the, the all of the different he was great in everything he did right he was great as a coach he was great as a broadcaster and he was great as a endorser he was a very very unique guy who uh but the the, the video game helped him stay relevant and, and helped and, and, what, and the story about that, right, was the guys who invented it waited outside the press entrance or whatever and, and, and said that they wanted to put his name on it. Like, it's not people, he didn't invent it or anything. They just, like, like uh, I think right. you, you mentioned the George Foreman uh, grill. They offered that to, uh, who's the uh, wrestler? Oh, my God, I just, Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan? first. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it was offered to him. He wasn't interested in it, and uh, can you imagine kicking himself later? And and it was just, hey, you want to put your name on this grill? And then they sold a gazillion grills, you know. Like, and George Foreman made a ton of money. They have, they had to wind up making a deal with him because of the amount of money he was making. Um, off of it. You, you know, you know that reminds me. That reminds me of when we were at the other place. You know, uh, a good friend, a good friend of mine. You, you know, John Anderson Sports Center. Sure. You remember he did Wipeout. But yep. the, the the story that that Scott Van Pelt had told when he used to have a radio show was maybe Rosillo told this story was they called Van Pelt first 
right. and offered him Wipeout. And he was like, it kind of sounds like a, like a Japanese game show, sort of. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's exactly what, it, that's exactly what it's going to be like, you know? Going to be silly like that. He's like, yeah, I'm going to pass. I mean, right. John Anderson is going to go out to his mailbox for the rest of his life and get a, and get a healthy check from that show Wipeout. No which doubt. Was, That's, sometimes when people pass up stuff, like even Hulk Hogan, you're doing, and all due respect, but you're a fake wrestler. Like, oh, the, the, a grill yes, is but, beneath but it also you? Speaks to, it, also speaks to, it also speaks to just how big those guys were, right? Like, yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I flew cross-country. I was probably about my son's age, 11 or 12. And I had my, my late uncle, he lived in um, Stamford, Connecticut. And I, I spent winter break with him one year, with him and his family. And I remember getting on a plane, and it was, you know, you're like a junior, say, like, walkie to the gate, whatever. I'd flown plenty. And Hulk Hogan was on our plane in first class. And you would have thought the Pope or Jesus or the president of the United States, you know, was 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 getting on the plane like that's how big Hulk Hogan was. So yes, I agree. And and Hogan's there, there's another interesting one or whatever. But yes, I guys pass on stuff all the time. Yeah, you know. And then there's and other guys that never pass on anything. No, we know those guys as well. They're on everything. I mean, Shaq's on everything. I mean, how many endorsements? But now Shaq's deal is Shaq takes equity. That's 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 his deal. Don't pay me, or if you're going to pay me, pay me a little bit. Pay me less. Right. right. Give me some want, equity, and that's how he's built everything. Up, he, oh, brilliant. Yeah. He's built up his empire that way. No doubt. But John Madden uh, was a. Um, and when you when you talk about coaches, like great coaches in the history of the NFL, his name never comes up. Like I never. It's about Bill Belichick, Vince Lombardi, of course. Uh, who else am I thinking? I don't know if, it, if, if, if Lombardi comes up. I, just, I think the modern era of football, it's, it's just like, it's like basketball. Well, the trophy you know, we're not, we don't, we don't say red. We don't say Red Auerbach's name. Yeah, you might be right. Maybe, you know, maybe I just, but I guess I, I, I hear think, his name more because of the trophy. You know what I mean? Like his name is still out there. And you're right, probably well, his name's a lot on of a sta- His name's people. on a stadium as, uh, yeah, as well, right? right. I mean, um, I mean, or when well, no, I was on a stadium, I'm trying to Lambo. Why I say Lombardi? That was, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a major no. brain. But the trophy. Right. Yes. The Lombardi Award. I, I think NFL films, although I'm not sure how much NFL films is going to affect kids anymore. Like they just don't watch like they'll watch. I, I, I don't know if that's what we've kind of changed in how fo- what football is about. Part of what made NFL films so great and what made the Hank Strams and what made uh was you know some of the Lombardi stuff, whatever, is that that was the only one that was the first that was like the first mic'd up type of stuff. That was the only insight. But you didn't have anything else the rest of the week. Like no. now you have everybody covers the NFL all the time. There's shows and a network completely dedicated to the NFL. So your your thirst for NFL, your thirst for what really goes on was there, and now you don't have it as much. But Right. If you think about it, just talking about that aspect, for most, and people probably can't, you know, believe it, but the only time we saw games out of our market or not our home teams, Doug, was on Monday Night Football when Howard Cosell did the highlights around the entire league. It was must-see TV. That was the only way you could see uh, the Rams or the 49ers highlights or anything outside of and me growing up in New York, you know, Jets or Giants stuff was on Monday Night Football. 
And it was yeah. must see. It was it was just not the same now where you have access to everything. And you could be a fan of any team because you could actually see back then if you lived in New York, for the most part, you were a New York fan, right? Because yep. you just didn't have access to the other teams or information that you would need to be a fan. Well, it's it's, it's interesting. You know, this is Howard Cosell. I, I used to do that when I was when I was a kid. You know, <laughs> announce my announce my own games when I was shooting outside. But um, you know, when you grow up in Southern California, and my dad was a New Yorker, so he's a Giant fan. There used to be sports bars where you could only you could go and get the Giants games, Feed, or you had right. to get that you had to go get the big satellite dish. And one of the things I think most people don't understand because they didn't live in Los Angeles for the last 25 years before when there was 20 years when there's no NFL team is it actually it actually was kind of a breath of fresh air because a lot of people were not rate were not Raider fans right there there was a there's Raiders are still the most popular team in LA okay and I grew up in Orange County where the Rams played but they weren't super popular because most people were from somewhere else. So when they moved away in the early 90s, the NFL wasn't as popular as it is now. And I know you're not talking about the 70s and 80s. No, no, no. It wasn't. But, I mean, I, I, but, but, the, but the, the second but, largest market didn't have a football team for 20 Right, but I actually, I actually think it helped grow the popularity in L.A. because you had the best games on. You had two games on in every window. Right, I know what you're right? saying. So right. People were like, well, how come the Chargers go? Because all so, so many people or their parents moved here from a different place and they were fans of that place. But also, you got to watch all the good games. So the reason there's so many Steeler fans in Los Angeles is not just because people from Pennsylvania moved out to California. It's because the Steelers were good, for the most part, for 20 years. So all of their games were on in Southern California. Right. That's that's kind of the magic to it was there's lots of football fans. There's not football fans of the Chargers who are a rival, you know, or or the Rams who, even though they won in St. Louis, they weren't really popular. And so it's 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 different. But uh, getting back to it, John Madden dies at the age of 85. And as Rob pointed out, that was that was the only thing I tweeted about was his record. Like there's there's some McVeigh to it because he was so young. Yeah. Um, there's some Rex Ryan. He was Rex Ryan before Rex Ryan in terms of the quotes and how, you know, you, you couldn't wait to hear what he was going to say before or after the game. And then the consistency of excellence brings you thoughts of whether it's a Belichick or, you know, pick pick the guy who's been able to go a decade where he now he didn't have a it wasn't you, you almost undersell it when you say he didn't have a losing season. He didn't have close to a losing season. Right, that's how right. that's how good the guy was. I would take him over Bill Belichick and only from this standpoint. Bill Belichick obviously coached even way longer and has had won six championships. But, you know, when you really, if you're honest and you, and you look through Bill Belichick's career, it's checkered. It's, there's no way around it. You can't look at it. He had the, high, the biggest fine of any NFL coach ever uh, for Spygate. There's all these allegations and things swirling around the organization. It, it's the reason... And and people say, well, everybody hates the Patriots because they win too much. I I, I get that, right? People always hated the Yankees and teams that won. But but there's something where you just can't feel good about it. Like another shoe is going to drop at some point. Um, And when you talk about the Patriots and their run and you talk to 
the St. Louis Rams, when they lost the Super Bowl, they swear up and down that the Patriots knew their plays. And, and, and there's just an element of cheating there where you talk about John Madden. There's none of that. There's just this guy was a damn good football coach, and he won. So I know, right, I'm, you know I'll, I'll, I'll push back on, on some of that uh, upcoming in the show. But let, let's, let's get to this. Rob Parker, I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show on, on Fox Sports Radio. Carson Wentz, by the way, right now out with COVID, but still has a chance to play on Sunday. And, um, you know, with all the Madden talk, something is changing. It started with the CDC that's changing in sports and is going to have a dramatic effect on this weekend, on this period in sports. We'll get to it next in the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, let's begin Eric Mangini, who joins us. Of course, Eric Mangini, you mean? He was, he's a former head coach of the Jets and, and the Browns. By, by the way, Eric, um, j- just, uh, just so you know, we, we start by talking about John Madden and how ridiculously successful he was as a coach, yet because of the power of the video game, I don't know if that that story is told enough. Obviously now with him passing away at 85, as a guy who was a head coach at a very young age in the NFL, what, what are, when, you, when you hear the name John Madden, what do you think? Well, it's so interesting that, that you bring up the video game because my kids only know Madden from the video game, and it's been such a big part of of them learning football. And I think it's been a big part of of so many people learning football, whether it's whether it's exposure to the plays or the coverages or the classic teams where they they get to uh, learn about some of the greatest players of all time. That that's been that's been great for for anybody who wants to to learn more about it. I was recently doing an interview in Australia, and they asked me a way that Australians could learn more about football, and I actually I brought up Madden. Uh, for, for me, too, it, it goes back to, to being a kid because I remember I was very young when the, the, he was coaching for the Raiders, but I remember those teams and, and his, his presence, and my older brother, Scott, loved, loved the Raiders at the time. But I, I remember more sitting with my dad, and watching games and hearing him talk about what John Madden meant as, as a sportscaster and and the way that he taught the game and and what that meant to to my dad to to be able to learn football from someone like that it, it was different than the way that that he talked about about anybody else and I think that's what he did so well you, you hear about what he did as a coach. And, and as a broadcaster, it all goes back to, to teaching and being able to take what can be very complicated at times and and create it or, or put it in a in a platform that's much more easily digestible and then that then that much more enjoyable for everybody who's who's doing it. Eric, when you look at and, and people, of course, will read the old bid and start to do a little research on their own and. And read, but but when you look at his coaching career, ten years, a Super Bowl, hired at thirty-two years old, never came close to a losing season, made the playoffs eight times out of ten years. I mean, it's phenomenal, and he has the highest winning percentage of any coach in their career with a, with a minimum of a hundred games coached. 
he's got to be ranked as one of the greatest coaches who coached in the NFL, but his name hardly ever comes up. Yeah, and, and I imagine because, you know, there's, there's a little bit of hesitation. I, I know some, some playoff appearances where maybe they weren't as successful as people had anticipated them to be, but he, his record is incredible. And remember the type of teams that he was winning with, they were talented, but they weren't your, your traditional teams. They, they had a lot of challenging personalities and they had a lot of different characters, and, and that was the identity uh, of the Raiders. And it's hard as a coach to get everybody on the same page when you have a lot of guys who are, are very similar to each other. And then when you've got a lot of big personalities to be able to do that, the way that he did it, that's 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 impressive. It's impressive to win that much. It's impressive to win with with the types of teams that he had. And then remember, Al Davis was a gigantic personality too, and and very involved. So he had to navigate through the hands-on owner before there were really a lot of hands-on owners. Eric Mangini, our guest here on the Dan Patrick Show with Rob Parker. I'm Doug Gottlieb. All right, let's let's get to the uh, the, the actual play on the football field. Has the league figured out Mac Jones? I, I don't think that's a fair assessment. You've got to give Mac Jones a, a ton of credit for what he's been able to do as, as a rookie, and we lose track of that. We see a bunch of veteran quarterbacks throughout the course of the year where they go through their, their ups and downs, most notably Patrick Mahomes. I mean, here's a guy who's incredibly accomplished, and, and he struggled through points of the season. Uh, it's, it's, it's not figured out. I do think that more people are playing tight man-to-man coverage and, and pressuring, which is something that he struggled with early in the season and, and I think is, is probably the way that you have to go uh, until they can make people pay for doing that. Right now, if you, if you play a lot of zone coverage, you don't put a lot of pressure on him. He's, he's going to make the right reads. He's going to get the ball to the right place. He's going to throw a catchable ball. And when you play that tight coverage and now you're pressuring, especially up the middle, because he's not a mobile guy, he's got to make quicker decisions. He's got to make throws into tighter coverage, and and I think that's that's harder. And the way you typically talk people out of that is you throw the ball deep, and you you get some big plays, and now your the risk reward isn't isn't as great. So that's something to me that he has to do a better job with, or, or it's just gonna it's like sharks to blood. It just keeps coming in the volume increases dramatically. Does, does he have it, Eric, does he have it in him? Does, does he have it in him? Yeah, I look, the, the way that he's navigated through this and the way that he's been able to, to operate really at a high efficiency level for where he is in his development, it, it's impressive. That, that's hard to do. And he's done it well. So do I think he can figure out ways to keep improving? Yeah, I think he should He should continue to improve. And, and he's in such a good system for his skill set. They're going to find answers. Eric, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it seemed like the narrative was Tom Brady, 44 years old, going to win an MVP, unbelievable. And uh, Aaron Rodgers... Uh, appears to have overtaken Tom Brady in that race. How surprised are you that, considering the first game of the year, Aaron Rodgers was terrible, the Packers got demolished by the Saints, to where he is 
uh, where uh, with a chance of winning a back-to-back MVP at at his age? Well, it's I, I would say the first game of the season was more surprising than the fact that he has a chance to win back-to-back MVPs. And you look at the Packers overall, there's not really one offensive or defensive category where they're, they're knocking it out of the park. I mean, they're kind of middle of the road in, in a lot of those categories. And the difference is, is him and uh, his, his presence. Forget about what he can do you know, a- athletically and, and, and competitively. It's, he's, he's had a very calming presence on, on that team. Now, you couldn't say that going in, you know, when we looked at the offseason last right. year, but since he's been back on the field, it's it's one of those things where with Tom Brady in New England, you could come off on the sideline, you knew as long as you had Tom, you had a chance. And you just had to hold up your end of the bargain, and he was going to figure out a way to, to win it when he got the ball back. It's like that with, with Aaron. I'm sure there's a collective understanding and confidence that as long as we do generally what we need to do, Aaron's going to be the difference in the game. Eric Mangini uh, is our guest. Um, another team you obviously used to coach was the Browns. What, what do they do long-term with, with Baker? And I do think that the idea of getting rid of him at the end of this year is really hard. Obviously, you got the fifth-year option they picked up. But how do you think they navigate through um, his desires for a contract extension, the fact that other extensions, and they have that fifth-year option hanging out there? Well, they don't, they don't need to do anything. They can go into next year with the, with the fifth-year option. And even after the fifth-year option, you could, you could potentially franchise them and you get into a little bit of, of a Kirk Cousins-type situation where you, you pay as you go. And Washington didn't have a conviction on Kirk. And, and I don't know if Minnesota, looking back, would say that's a, what they did in terms of free agency and bring them in and paying what they did whether they think that's a plus decision, a minus decision, but you can you have some time to, to see whether or not you're going to make uh, another jump with Baker, whether this is where he is. But the frustrating thing to me with him is I thought he showed a lot of maturity in, in the off season in terms of not talking, not getting into fights with with people in the media, not talking about things that have no significance whatsoever. And then what was it last week where he's he's bringing up there's internal issues that people don't know about like well I don't get that there's no reason for that there's no reason to deflect your performance or try to deflect it onto something some mysterious in-house problem like that that stuff to me is gets gets old it gets old quick and and I'm sure frustrating from an organizational standpoint. Eric, there's a job opening in Jacksonville. Are you interested in being a head coach again? <laughs> Look, I think that everybody's interested in being a head okay, coach no. again. <laughs> no, I wanted yeah. to ask you, give you a chance to just tell so people if they want to know. And I do want to know, would it, would it be fair to say that hiring a college coach is probably not going to be on their slate after what happened with Urban Meyer down there? Look. The, the uh, the college game, the pro game is is dramatically different, and and I I think we see that pretty much every year, every uh, every other year. It takes time to transition into into this game versus 
what what you're having in college. Yeah, I would say they should probably go with someone with a with a pro background. I'd probably go the coordinator route. My pick would be Brian Dayball from from Buffalo. I think what he's done with Josh Allen has been impressive. He shows that he can develop young talent. And what about Jim Caldwell, who was with the Lions and got them to the playoffs and got unceremoniously dumped I, I, in Detroit? Yeah, I think Jim is is another really good option as well. You you know Trent Alke is going to have a very strong hand in, in every decision that that's made there from a personnel perspective. So whoever you bring in has to be willing to to work in, in, that, in that context. You know, I look, Jim Caldwell got a, a, a rough deal, and to see him get an opportunity like that I think would be great. Uh, Eric, what, 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 happens in, what happens in Las Vegas now um, with, with Mayock? Yeah, that's 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 a good question because you don't really know how much pull he had. Did he control the draft and, and John controlled free agency? Did they did they share those those roles? He didn't have final say. So how many of these these draft picks can you say? Okay, they're his draft picks, and and I don't I don't know that. That's a I, hopefully the owner knows that. And, and can assess him based on what he's, you know, what he actually did. Now, he set up the draft board, I'm sure, and, and um, he, he set the, the table for a lot of things. But without knowing what, what are those decisions, good and bad, he really controlled, it's tough to assess him as, as, the, as the GM. I would think that they, they probably clean house and – and start over, you know, go with a new administration. Yeah. 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 Eric, uh, happy new year to you. Happy uh, new year, Eric. Hey, I'm coming to Cleveland thanks. for the all-star game. Don't duck me this time when I come to Cleveland. <laughs> Rob, I will be happily happy to have you over and, and entertain you and hear you badmouth Tom Brady for <laughs> 14 hours in a row. <laughs> All right, I can't that wait. That's your New Year's resolution, Rob. That should be your New Year's resolution. New, New Year's, New Year's, New Year's, New Year's resolution to let that, let that, let, let that one die. Let, let, the, that, let that one go. Oh, Gotta let that one go. That's that. That's yeah. not. If that's the hill you want to die on, consider right. yourself deceased, and uh, we'll we'll send you back. Uh, Eric, happy New Year! Thanks for joining us. Twenty years. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, we'll talk soon, my man. Stay well. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up? Good morning to you. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Along with Rob Parker, I'm Doug Gottlieb. Hope you're getting ready for it. We, we hope will be a great couple of days in college football, right? Where we have New Year's Eve, Friday, back-to-back games, the national semifinals. We hope goes off without a hitch. Yesterday we had the Holiday Bowl canceled. It was day of, right? It was going to be played last night. They're like, yeah, UCLA, by the way, we had COVID. We're out. So all kinds of bizarre stuff. Uh, we'll get to the NFL things. Carson Wentz is on the COVID list. The change in the quarantine rules. We, we got to get to all that. Rob, I want to I get to the NBA, though, first uh, to start this hour. So last night, the Lakers uh, get a hard-fought win 
over the Houston Rockets. Now, the Houston and, Rockets, and it was hard fought. It was it was not easy. Yes, and it was not exactly a um, a, uh, a a a defensive virtuoso from from either teams. LeBron was was fabulous. Um, he has a triple double. Russell Westbrook has a triple double. Russell Westbrook had a triple double. Nearly had a quadruple double with seven turnovers. A couple of, of weird ones where he just like dribbled the ball off his legs. But he, you know, if people are on him about his three point shooting, he makes both threes. He shoots but he a good also, percentage. What, what is it, Doug? He's been missing a lot of bunnies and stuff right around the basket. That's, that's... Um, the truth is, if you look at Russell Westbrook's career, yeah. he's not a great finisher. Okay. He's never been a great finisher. It's one of the things. It's, it's really it's a it's a mis- the two the misconceptions about Russell Westbrook from people who don't look at the, the the analytics to it or don't watch him on a daily basis is though he technically plays hard he you know he's he's got like all of us little ba- little defensive ADD he's not a great consistent defender he's not one of the and especially now with four knee surgeries in at this point, just because you're athletic and you'll get after it doesn't make you a great defender on a possession-by-possession possession basis. So a, a wildly overrated in terms of fans' thoughts on how good defensively he is. Like, if I were to, Ricky Rubio hurt his knee last night, but if you were to ask somebody on the street, hey, who's a better defensive player, Ricky Rubio or Russell Westbrook? Would anybody, anybody say Ricky Rubio? No. Okay, Ricky Rubio, by all accounts, ask anybody in the NBA, look at any of the numbers, is, is one of the better defensive guards in the league. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it's really, really interesting. The other part is that while he's, not, he's clearly a, a below-average shooter, he's also a below-average finisher, despite the fact he has ridiculous athleticism even at this point in his career. He's just not, he's not, a, he's not close to Kyrie Irving as a finisher. He's not close to some of the elite guards. And so... I I think it's I honestly think it's the stage in which he's playing because we're paying more attention and some of it's gotten gotten a little bit worse. He's he went through a kind of a bad. You start losing your confidence a little bit. People start questioning you. But honestly, throughout his career, he hasn't been a good finisher. So it shouldn't be a surprise to people. It just is because we didn't watch him in Oklahoma City. Definitely yeah, you don't in watch DC. him every night. And now no. you know I live in Los Angeles, so I'm watching you know the Laker games often. And uh, the other night against. Brooklyn, you remember the rim blocked his uh, dunk attempt at the basket um, at the end, and and I've just seen him blow layups and and things that should go down for a player of his caliber. So, yes, I've yes, seen him I, more, I, I, more I, than I would before. agree. Um, but but the the story that came out of it was, and LeBron started at at the five last night. Obviously, oh yeah, he was like, a center. He was Kareem last night. No, he was okay. he was Kareem last night. <laughs> So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, wrote a recent essay on Substack criticizing LeBron for a meme on Instagram with three Spider-Men pointing to each other as cold, flu, COVID, right? So everybody's seen that Spider-Man meme when there's two Spider-Mans pointing to each other. There's one with three, which is cold, flu, COVID, as if they're the same thing. Right. And LeBron said, help me out, folks, right? That's what he wrote. Right. Help me out. Okay. So... I'll get. We'll get to that in a second. Let me first. This is what. This is LeBron's response to Kareem criticizing him. No, I don't have a response to Kareem at all. If you saw the post, if you read the tag, you know I'm literally asking, "Help me out. Help me figure it all out." Because 
Uh, I'm trying to figure this pandemic out. We're all trying to figure out COVID and the new strain and the flu. I think people forgot about the flu. People like totally forgot about the flu during this times. Like it's still going around. It's flu season. So people have forgot about the flu. People forgot about common colds. That happens, especially with our kids in school. My grand, my, my daughter is the first grade. So all these kids are getting the common colds and getting the flu. And I don't have a response to cream. Not at all. That is the worst word salad I've ever heard. Because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it does make sense. It it means he he totally backed down. Oh no! It was it, that's the book report that you didn't actually read the book, <laughs> right? Well, you don't. And then you it. wrote it, and you're like, "What did you write?" You're like, "Well, you know what happened was I didn't know what, dude. Are we all? Does LeBron think we're all idiots? Um." I think people of his status think they can say anything and people are just going to accept it or, or not approach or not uh, uh, um, push back or, or question it. Question it. Uh, when you're putting those three things together as if they're the same as people are going to hospitals and people are dying and whatnot, I just think like it's I think Kareem was right. To say, dude, you, you you can't just be putting out this misinformation and acting as if it's all the same. Correct. Uh, that the flu is not the same as a common cold and neither is COVID. Can you go to the hospitals? Can you talk to medical people? He's trying to figure what out. Like what what part as our lives have changed for the last two years? I've lost friends. I'm sure he's lost some people. Like you said, there's over 800,000 people have died. I just don't write from, like, from, from, from COVID. And look, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we should all. Uh, I'm absolutely not saying we should lock down like we did going back a year. In the beginning, and a half, right? Because we really didn't know, though. Right? No, of course. Well, we, we, we did know, right? We, we did, or epidemiologists did know. And a lot of people still died. And the, the, the feeling is that, yes, people still died, but a lot more people would have died. And the hospitals would be overrun had we not shut things down um, two, almost two years ago. Doug, right? Doug how about if, if LeBron asked, call Anthony Towns. Yes, call, a, six, call it. Like, for six this, family members. Like wait, this six is, family members. This is... This, this is this is the, the, the bigger point is this, and I, I said this about Aaron Rodgers, I'll say it about LeBron, okay? These guys are so powerful, okay, that instead of asking the world, which is not really, by the way, if you tweet that out, you're not asking people, I don't understand the difference, you know, like bringing it to, no, you're not. You're being flip and saying that it's the same. No, you're, you're, you're saying it's the same thing. You are, right, you're right. actually siding with people who are saying it's the same as the, you're siding with the, the Clay Travises of the world. Okay, who are who who will would get laughed out of any room? I'm not a scientist either. I'm not. I don't propose to be. I don't purport to be. They know so more I, than what we I actually know did whether was we want to when believe people it say, or not. When people say, well, people die from the, from the flu. Actually, they don't actually have a true calculation of how many people die from the flu. It's, it's, it's what they, there's a way, there's a scientific calculation that spits out that number. And while there's no question there, are pe- there were people, especially early on, and people even now who will die from COVID, that COVID attached to something else that had a high morbidity rate, you know, it's, right. they, and, that and, triggers something else. No question. 
but there are hundreds of thousands of people that have died from COVID. It has ravaged the entire world. It is a pandemic. Okay. So, but here's my thing. Like if LeBron really wanted to ask the question, all he has to do is text, text Rich Paul. Hey man, can you get me Fauci's number? Get me whomever's number. He can get to, to those people, right? No question. He can actually, He's LeBron one text away. Fauci will ask, pick up the I'm, phone and I'm, say, "LeBron, this is what's going on. Yes, we need you to. If you're going to talk about it, man, let people know." And 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 there, I, there's I just a, there's a resp- it's not just his responsibility, but that is the that's the there's a a word that I won't use because I don't want to get fired, but every dude would use some sort of word to it where. It's the old say it with your chest. Like, you're going to put a meme out there and then pretend like it's something that it's not? Right. What are you doing? Right. Why even do that? And then when you get called out on it, then you're going to act like, what? I'd have more respect if you just wanted to go out there and say something uh, and, and, and well, make why not, point. Why not just say what the meme meant, which right. is, hey, I don't think this variant is right. any different I don't think it's a flu. big deal. Or I don't think it's, it's not, a big right. deal. Right. That, that's, that's, that was that's my what point. you're my, saying. My like, point help is me this, out. This, my point is this variant. And there'll be more people that agree with him. Now, it doesn't make him right. Okay? It doesn't make him right because, again, there's a dramatic difference in it. You know, there's a dramatic difference in it. But so many of us, like, I didn't, honest, I, I'll be totally honest with you. I went and... You know, obviously the vaccines and you had people who originally said you're not going to get it if you take the vaccine. I didn't realize if you have the I I don't get flu shots, but my kids have always gotten flu shots. I didn't realize that if you're an adult, like the flu shots are only like 56 percent effective. Right. And what it does is it lessens the symptoms. There's a bunch. There's there's a lot to it that is actually similar. I didn't know that that's how all vaccines work. I thought. Most vaccines, you get the shot and you're done. You're inoculated. It means you don't no. get it. That's not actually how I had no idea. Right. People, and you can obviously still this is different. It. It's right. not a live virus. Like, I didn't know. You know why? Because I'm not a scientist. Right. And we don't know that stuff. I've never had a flu shot as well, but I didn't hesitate to take the, the vaccination for this because I, I just I want to protect myself. I saw people get sick and, and lost people. And and I didn't know, you know, I, I've, I've seen all these numbers and all these people. I just I want to protect myself. I'm going to not roll the dice with my life. And, and, and I've said before, and I know it sounds mean, but it just surprises me that people who don't believe in science and don't believe in the medical people, that when they get sick, the first thing they do is run to a hospital. Well, the the the, the no, funny I, po- the, I, to me that, that that the hypocrisy of it, no question. It, it, it doesn't even make but, any but sense. It's, no, it's you, the, you don't the, believe these the, people. The better one, the better one is when to the they use, well, The better one is when they use. It, we do, but but honestly, Rob, Rob Parker, Doug Godley, been for Dan the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We kind of do this in everything in life, right? We don't use the whole Bible. We just use the parts of the Bible that, that work, work for us. us. Right. We don't use the whole Constitution. We just use the the. The the one freedom of speech. I should right. be able to say anything I want at right. work. It's not what? actually. Aaron right. Rodgers did that one it, yeah. yesterday with with McAfee. Whatever. It's not actually how it how it works, right? And, uh, um, but yes, I but I love that with the science, right? They use the scientific data and go like, well, it's it's just like the flu. And then when the numbers are overwhelmingly different, like yeah, that's not really how it is. Suddenly they don't use the the science or or they've been vaccinated. With the MMR, like everyone is vaccinated against measles, mumps, and rubellum, right? We all got the polio vaccine. I, I grew no, no, no. up in the, Doug, I, I was a kid, I was born in the 60s. You know how bad it was for kids 
and what pe- kids used to get, the mumps and the measles and all that other stuff, polio. No, I don't, and, I don't know. Because we was, don't know was, because everybody got bad. vaccinated. Right, right. Everybody, <laughs> because everybody couldn't got go to school. I'll right? take that vaccine. This one, nah. Now, now you're like, well, it, it, was, it was done quickly. Right. Like, yeah, they actually developed it for a long time. And it's one of the reasons that it's uh, it's it's less effective is because they had to do it rather, rather quickly. It, the point is more. But this isn't about that. Va- this is not vaccine talk. Right. OK. Well, I don't want to do vaccine talk. I don't want to. And neither of us do. That's the least entertaining form of sports radio ever. What it is, is LeBron. You want to talk about backing down and going, well, no, I, I don't have response but it's about colds and common colds and my daughter's in like he went the I want I'm talking about I'm a dad. My daughter's in first grade. Please don't attack me anymore because I'm I'm a dad. My daughter's in first grade. Right No, And and I give Kareem credit. Kareem has not shied away from uh, he, he wrote a column. I read about Aaron Rodgers and, and Kyrie Irving. I mean, he, he's passionate about this. And he's been a spokesman for people getting vaccinated and trying to take care of themselves and and to dispel the misinformation that's out there. And you know this, Doug, you go on. If you want to Google something and watch some well-produced video that tells you that, you know, this is Bill Gates wanting to make money off of every shot that's given or whatever it is. I mean, you'll watch these videos and they're so slick. And they're so, you know, you don't know where they came from, who put them together, but they look like they're real. Yes. Remember, this is a 5G. There was a there was a 5G conspiracy as well. Right. This is only occurring in 5G countries. No, that's not actually how it works. There's a bunch. There's a bunch of it's like, look, look, here's the Charles Barkley, who I who I think we both love and adore as a dude. He's the real deal as a guy. I covered the guy as a player, man. He's the same. He was awesome back then, Doug, in the 80s when I was covering the NBA. But the whole ad campaign of I'm not a role model, that was, it was, it was a joke. Of course you're a role model. Whether you want to be or not. Whether you want to be or not. And and LeBron, in in so many of the things he does, has been a positive role model. Okay? So, but if you want people to follow you, you have to lead better than this. You know, you have to you have to take ownership of it. And it's one of the things that LeBron never really done. And this does mirror his career. Even now, when things aren't right, it's hey, you know, LeBron's still scoring. Look at LeBron. He's still he's scoring. He's he's you know, LeBron's scoring points. So he's he's not the problem. Like, okay. I'm, I'm uh, they still t- had a five-game losing streak as he was scoring those points. And he was they playing. winning. And he was playing. Right. Right? He was, right. He, he was playing. Granted, Anthony Davis not playing. Uh, Russell Westbrook. But and, him and Westbrook, and that's think, not good enough to beat uh, some of these teams that they've lost to? I, I, no. I, at this point in their career, no. Apparently not. But again, but the, the, the critique is over the overall age. Of the, even the critique of the roster. You don't think LeBron had the roster run by him? Exactly. Like, and it's you, the you oldest roster in the NBA, and right. people and, are surprised and that they don't want LeBron's to play defense. Buddies. Well, right. you recruited LeBron's buddies. Now, I, I don't think that – I do think some of the decisions are Palinka, but I, I definitely think there's a Rich Paul, LeBron James, hey, we got to run it, run it by him sort of thing. But there's no – he's not taking any sort of responsibility, which, is, which mirrors this meme, which is a mistake, right? It's – you, you – you put it out there, and it's LeBron James who usually would align with people who are uh, 
who are ardent supporters of the vaccine. But he did this last year where he didn't. I don't want to say if I'm vaccinated. Like, yes, absolutely. You should. Right. You know, if, if you're a leader, you want to lead people during a pandemic is the time we actually find out who's a leader. And a leader goes like, yes, I got vaccinated. Just like, you know what? Booster shot. Or or like this is where and 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 look, we're critical of Aaron Rodgers for lying about it. I go, why are we critical of LeBron James right. for and, lying about what he put out there? And the that's, that, a, that's disinformation what he just put out there. That's exactly what it is, and that's what you have to fight against because there's people going to take that and run with it and yes. think that it's the gospel. Yes. And it reminded me of when people, you know, made Kyrie like he was Muhammad Ali on his stance, which is fine. He has a right to do whatever he wants. But then when people try to tell people that Muhammad Ali did uh, PSAs for taking a vaccination, you know, back in the day, then all of a sudden that narrative changed. You know what I mean? Like like they made it like, oh, yeah, he's like Muhammad Ali. He's not going to buck to the system. No, no. Muhammad Ali actually uh, endorsed vaccinations when it was ravaging uh, people and uh, a disease was and he stood up for it. So I think people are misguided. It's unfortunate that it's become this and we we're not leaving this thing to the people who know more about it than we do. Period. Right. I, I think that's that, that's probably the best part. Rob Parker, Doug Gottlieb, Dan and Patrick show. That's probably the best part is like, look, I, I, I don't I don't purport to know any more about anything than LeBron or anybody else. But I also know that I have a far more limited follower. I would I wouldn't do that. And if I did, I would at least own it or say, you know, it's a mistake. I probably shouldn't have done that. But instead he gave the middle response was, well, it, I don't have a response, but it's, it, yeah, people have forgotten about the cold and the flu and my daughter's in first grade and kids have the cold and the flu. 